Hallelujah. The Bible says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. How many people are glad this morning? Come on now. Come on. We woke up this morning, right? We got air in our lungs. Go ahead, everybody, take a deep breath. Let it out. You know what that is? That is life. And life is a gift from God. And what you do with that life is a gift back to him. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. Go ahead and touch your pulse. Feel that? You got a chance. You got a chance. You know, thinking about that, I was, uh, we're going to talk about prayer this morning. But it reminded me one day, um, I'm a paramedic firefighter for the city of Hollywood for 25 years. And we had a, a situation where somebody stopped breathing. And we came to the house. I was praying at work. And when I was praying at work, I said, Lord, you know, I saw a pastor say he laid hands on somebody and they came back to life. I said, wouldn't that be awesome to do that? I said, just to bring back life. And we go to this house. The call comes in. It's interesting. I said, oh, there's a code. We go there. We get in the house. And they said, no, no. The person's dead. So we said, okay. So we start walking towards the elevator and leaving. Right when we get in the elevator, someone calls us back and says, hey, come back, come back. We're going to work them. So we immediately turned around and we run back. I remember in this room, every time we did CPR, the light would shake and it was real dark. And it took us a while to get this person on the backboard, get them an IV, intubate them, start breathing for them. We went to carry the person out. We get to the they don't fit in the elevator. We had to actually walk down three stories of flight. We're holding on and we're doing all this stuff. We get to the back of the truck. And I remember as we were back of the truck, I said, you know what? I'm just going to say a prayer. And I laid my hands on this person that was not breathing, flatline. And I said, dear Lord, I ask you to give life in the name of Jesus. And then when I said that, there was a guy that looked and he went and touched the pulse, and he felt, and he looked, his eyes lit up. And I touched, and I could feel, doom, 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 doom. And we looked at each other, and like, they're alive. They're breathing. And I said, wow, the feeling of that person's heartbeat to me was amazing. And the power of prayer is amazing. And that's what I'm going to share with you this morning about prayer. Hallelujah. Let's, let's, uh, first of all, I want to thank Pastor David. We've known each other for about 30 years, so now you know how old I am. I turned 50 in two weeks. <laughs> um, I went to Alpha and Omega. That's where we went. And uh, we were really blessed with some great youth pastors. Uh, I remember uh, Pastor Carillo and, and, and Hilda. I, one of the things that she would do, she would read the word, and I remember as she would open the Bible. And she would look and she would go, mm, oh, how I love the word. And I was like, what is wrong with that lady? She would go, mm, oh, how I love the word. And she would always say that, mm, oh, how I love the word. And one day I was reading the word and I was like, oh, mm, how I love the word. I was like, oh. <laughs> with that being said, let us stand for the reading of the word. Let's go to the Bible. Let's, uh, if you have your Bible, it's Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Um, it'd probably be on the board, so if you don't have it, that's okay. We have it on the board. Everyone has it. If you have it, say amen. 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 All right. We read the word in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it came to pass that he was praying in a certain place. When he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Everybody repeat after me. Lord, Lord teach us, teach us to, pray. to pray. One more time. Lord, Lord teach, us teach us to pray. You may be seated. Today, the message is entitled, Lord, teach us to pray. It says, and he said unto them, when you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
we look at that, and it came to pass that he was praying in a certain place. And one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. Like John the Baptist taught his disciples to pray. So this shows us that this person was under the ministry of John the Baptist. He followed him, and now he is with Jesus, and he's asking him, hey, teach us to pray. Why do you think he was asking him that? I believe that this disciple saw Jesus leave and disappear, go behind a rock and pray and seek his face. But when he came back, just the near shadow would heal the people in the crowds. It says as he walked, the multiples, they, they came, and what would happen? The demons would even tremble. There's one place that it says the demons saw from afar off Jesus, and he ran, and he went, and he worshipped him. Think about it. I remember times I was like, I don't feel like worshiping today. I'm not in the mood. I can't. But think about a demon-possessed man can worship Jesus, but I have trouble? Hmm. Perspective kind of changes. Hallelujah, Lord. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 6. See, the thing about Jesus, what's interesting is we always ask him a question, right? Lord, teach us to pray. Or in Matthew uh, 24, 3, I believe it says, when is the end of the world going to happen? Show us your signs. And immediately what Jesus tells us in the word is what not to do. See, we want to answer. But he loves us so much. This is what he says. This is what it says right here. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. It says, and when you pray, don't be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when you pray, enter into your closet, and when you have shut the door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and the Father which seeth in secret shall reward openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetition, as the heathens do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. But not yet therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask. After this manner, therefore pray, and everybody knows this prayer. Let's, let's say it together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. So here is the word of God, and we ask, the disciple asked, teach us to do what you do. You know, like I said, they, they saw Jesus sneaking away. He kept on disappearing in the mist. The Bible says that he would go in the wilderness and go behind a rock. Well, you're probably thinking, where is that at? In Matthew chapter 14, 23, it says, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was alone. He separated himself. And then in Luke chapter 5, verse 16, it says, And he withdrew himself into the wilderness, and he prayed. He prayed. Think about the facts. Let's look at the facts of prayer real quick. The facts about the prayer, about prayer or the word pray. According to the Christian Bible reference site, the word pray is found in the Bible over 313 times. There are 650 prayers listed in the Bible. There is approximately 450 recorded answers to prayer in the Bible. 
The first prayer is mentioned in, in the Bible in Genesis 4.26. The Bible records Jesus praying 25 different times during his ministry. In the Bible, Paul mentions prayer about 41 times. Prayer. So as we see in the Word, it says, teach me to pray, teach me to do what you're doing. And the first thing he says, when you pray, don't be as hypocrites. You love standing in the synagogues in the corner and, and basically showing off in the streets. You know, look at me, look at me, look, look at me. You know, I, I think about, I was traveling in Lithuania, my wife's from Lithuania, and we went to a place called the Hill of the Crosses. And the thing about the Hill of the Crosses is unique. The Soviet Union came into Lithuania, and they immediately, communism eliminated the Bible. They didn't want anything with Christianity. There was a hill that the Christians came, and they would plant these crosses. And the Soviet Union said, nope, take them out. They took them all away. The next day, people came, it was 50 crosses. And then they started building up a couple million. Then they came and they destroyed it again. And they say, no, get rid of them. And people always came back. And I went to visit this area. And as I went to go visit, it was interesting. As I'm walking towards the Hill of Crosses, there's a man standing, he's selling uh, crosses. And he sees me, so he immediately does what Jesus says, do not do. He starts to speak out in the open and pray, standing. He's selling the rosary, for he can sell his thing. So as I get closer, he's speaking nice and loud. I can hear him. But the second that I continue to pass him, he stops. So basically, he was just trying to just speak for no reason. Basically, just trying to sell the cross. He got his reward. Basically, he's a hypocrite, you know, not really doing anything. But God immediately tells us, Hey, don't do this. I'm sure he saw it many times. He says, enter into your closet. Enter into your secret place. You know, when you're ready to begin to pray, you say, you know what? I'm going to turn off the phone. I'm going to get off the social media. I'm going to stop worrying about the housewives of L.A., Chicago, New York, wherever. I'm going to turn that gossip off. When you're really ready to pray, you're going to eliminate all that stuff and say, Lord, now I'm ready to pray. Because the enemy will do anything to disrupt you, to take your mind. You're trying to focus, your phone will ring. You know, so we say when you're ready to really ready to pray, you got to close everything out, close the blinds and say, God, now I'm ready to pray. No, teach me to pray. Well, let me show you what not to do or what to do before you get to that location, before you get ready to do some great things. Say, teach us to pray, Lord. Say, teach us to pray. The desire of teach us to pray will never come in your heart until you get rid or tired of walking in the natural and you want to take it to the next level and be in the supernatural. That desire, when you say, that's it, it's done. I got to move forward. I'm going to take it to the next level. It says here, well, when you pray... He says, use not vain repetition as the heathens do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. You know, many years ago, I read a poem out of a book, and I memorized it. And I said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and uh, surprise my wife, you know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell her this poem. I think it's awesome. So here God says, don't use vain repetition, but... I learned something, and I'm going to do it. My wife's not here today, but um, <laughs> I'm going to use the pastor again like I did this morning. <laughs> so say, I come home, boom, walk in the door, and I say, wanting you the way I do. I only want to be with you. If anyone can make me happy, you're the one. You're the one who can. Where you lead, I will follow because I really do 
I do love you. <laughs> She's going to be like, oh, my God, right? She's going to be like, what a sweetheart, right? That's awesome, right? But then the next day comes, I, boom, <laughs> wanting you the way I do. I only want to be with you. Next day, right, I come in the door, boom, wanting you the way I do. I only want to be with you. If anyone can, make me happy. You're the one. Next day, a week, a month, a year. Every single day, I come in and I say the same poem to my wife. Sooner or later, probably sooner than later, she's so going to be like, I, I heard this already. I, I know it by heart already. All right? Good. That's vain repetition. You see, God, immediately they say, teach us to pray. Teach us what you do. You're doing some amazing things. There's, you know, their mind is boggling. It's like, oh, my God, what is Jesus doing that when he goes behind the rock, people are getting saved and sanctified, healed, miracles, great things are happening. Teach me, teach me, teach me. And he says, hold on, let me show you. That's how much he loves you. So much he loves you because he'll show you. Wait, wait, let me show you what not to do. Because we are quick. We always want the answer. We don't, so let me show you. He's going to prepare you for success. You see, that what I did, that poem, if I continue to do it every single day, days, hours, weeks, months, years, it's called religion. That's a religion. It's the same thing over and over and over. You think God's like, ah, oh, I heard this one already. You know what I mean? See, Jesus wants a relationship. A relationship is personal. A relationship is from your heart. When you have a relationship with God, you just talk to him. You know, I remember in uh, 91 in Desert Storm, you know, going through prayer, and uh, there's, a, you know, this November is Veterans Month. There's a lot of veterans. There's a couple of Marines here that serve with me side by side in combat. Just where, where they at? Stand up. Manny, Sosa, two young men of God, awesome people. While we were out there, I found out later, I remember we got activated. It was like 3 o'clock in the morning. I said, wake up, wake up, we got to go. I put on a mop suit level four. So what mop suit level four is a gas mask, rubber gloves, a carbon jacket, pants, booties, and we look like stormtroopers, okay? 3 a.m. in the morning, we leave the line of departure. I remember bombs were landing on the left and the right side. And the Bible talks about that in Psalm 91, that there should be things on the left, 1,000 on the right and 10,000 on the left, and nothing should come towards you. But in the middle of the bombing, my mother's right here. She's a missionary. Um, she's in the front row. She was woken up. And they said, her, whole, her spirit person, her spirit man said, wake up and pray. And later when I got back home, we kind of figured the timeline of what time we were getting bombed and everything was happening is the same time that she was woken up to intercede in prayer. Thank God for a faithful mother and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Listening to the word and knowing when to pray. You know, talk about prayer. I, was, I went to Germany and when I was in Germany I went to a place called Dachau. Dachau is a prison camp and this is a place where over 45,000 Christians, Jews, priests were killed. They were killed in this. The, the, Hitler said that the, the commandant of this camp was so successful by taking and killing the Christians and Jews in the ovens that he says, I'm going to move you to Auschwitz. And I walked in this prison camp when I was in Dachau, just north of uh, Munich, Germany. And when I was there, I was backpacking Europe, and I remember they, they made a synagogue in the area. 
I'm not Jewish in any sense of the word, but I said, you know what? I'm going to go into the synagogue and I'm going to go pray. I had a desire to pray in a place that over 45,000 people were killed, the enemy. As I prayed in the synagogue, there was a point where just like I'm talking to you right now, I told the Lord, I said, God, I wasn't here. What could I have done? That was my honest, sincere prayer. So just like that, I was not there. What could I have done? And I heard the voice. It was my first experience, an actual voice from the Lord. And he said, don't let it happen again. And when I heard that, my body started to tremble. And I started to shake. And I just started to worship God and worship the Lord and pray. I stayed in that area. for nobody. It was interesting. Nobody came in. No one bothered me. I stood in that, that I would say, sacred ground for three hours as I worshiped the Lord. And there's some times in, in, in life that you don't really know what to pray about anymore. So I just started to speak in my heavenly language. I just started to pray. That was the first, that was, um, actually, that was the second time that I, that I um, heard from the Lord. But the first time was just as, just as powerful. I'm in Iraq, 2003, the initial push to Baghdad. I remember it was uh, January uh, 28th, so a couple days before the Super Bowl. We got on a plane, flew out. Takes about 24 hours to get there because you got you start in uh, Cherry Point, well, Camp Lejeune, Cherry Point, North Carolina, go to Aviana, Italy. It was the same flight that I did in 91. It was interesting. It was just a repeat. 24 hours, I get in the country. They drop us off on a bus. They give me 15 rounds, and they say, dig a hole. So here I am in the middle of the desert. I see lights. They say, you see the lights over there? That's Basra. That's where the, that's where the enemy So dig a hole. So here I dig a hole. I dig a foxhole thing I remember, it was the coldest, the desert is very, very cold at night. So I dig my foxhole, and I go to sleep. I try to sleep as much as I can. But we're in this area for about a month or so. And one morning, the Holy Spirit tells me, I want you to fast today. Now understand, we barely have any food at all. We're eating MREs, meals ready to eat, and it's the same one every single day. So it's not like, you know, good home cooking, you know. I'm Puerto Rican. My mom makes some good arroz con gandules, amen? <laughs> but as I start to fast that day, and I tell another Marine, hey, I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. He said he agrees with me. And that night, I find myself walking in the desert. I walk, I don't know how long, I don't know how far, but I, I walk to a point when I look around, there's no one around but the desert. And I start to worship God. As I worship the Lord, I felt the peace of God that came over me that I felt amazing. I felt, I felt like I could walk on water. <laughs> I mean, I could just feel it. And I said, I felt so wonderful. And I remember telling God this. I said, God, I'm 33 years old. I've had the opportunity to do amazing things and meet people and go and minister. A, friend of, a couple of friends of mine are pastors today, and they're doing amazing things. And I, I said this. I said, I feel so comfortable, so at peace. I said, Lord, if you want to take me to heaven... I'm okay. That's how, that's how much how comfort I was. I was like, it's okay. If you take me, I'll go home. And then I heard a voice. And it said, you shall not die, but you shall live. 
And once again, I started to tremble and shake. And I started to worship God in spirit and in truth. I just started to worship him and cry and worship. Later that night, I found my way back. I don't remember how, which way I went, but I found my way back to the tent. I laid my head down. Actually, um, we were sleeping on, this time we got bigger tents, and we had wood, they put down like wood floors, and my back was killing me, and I found some burlap. And uh, I took the burlap, and I, I put it up because my back was just killing me. And I laid down that day on the burlap, and I felt relaxed, and I was just comfortable. And all of a sudden, like 3 a.m., Let's go, let's go, let's go. Wake up, wake up. The war is starting right now. We're going, moving to the front line. And I got up and I felt at peace. But looking at everyone else in there in the Marines, I could see in their faces. They had the fear. They had terror. But I, I was at peace. See, the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of what? Power love, and a sound mind. Amen? Fear comes from the enemy. In that moment, I got up and I felt great. I felt at ease. I was enough, it, was, it was enough to listen to the Lord that said, fast and pray in that moment. And I was obedient. See, the Lord wasn't preparing my flesh, man. He was pre preparing my spirit, man. Because he knew what was the battle. He was fighting it for me, right? He's fighting my battles. But he prepared my spirit, man, for what I was going to encounter. And I was at peace the entire time. Man, it's like a peace that just, just amazing. I was at rest. I didn't have any of that. See, the Bible says... God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but a love, power, and a sound mind. We know the word love conquers all. Amen? Love. For God so loved, he gave what he gave, his only begotten son. Why? For you and me. Power. You know, when it talks about power, you think about turning on the power light. But in, in, in the translation, it's dudamus power. Dudamus is a dynamite, you know, like boom, explosion. That's what dynamite, that's what power. And it says it'll give you a sound mind. You know how many times the enemy has come to me? My mom would know this. In 1991, when I got back from Desert Storm, I suffered for one year with nightmares. The enemy would come to me and tell me that my mind, that I was going crazy. I don't even know if I've ever told my mom this. That I was going crazy. The enemy was trying to control my mind. The enemy, many of you in here, you may not have had a, a physical war like Desert Storm and things, but you had your own internal battles. And the enemy is going in your head and telling you, give up, quit, end it today. How many times I've struggled? I don't even know my mom knows this. Suicide? How many times? The enemy is a liar. The enemy is a liar. You struggle with that. You see, in the military, we have a thing. Manny, it's a high-value target. We talked about this the other day. A high-value target is someone that we need to take out because he is the brains of the operation. Last week, al-Baghdadi, a couple years back, Osama bin Laden. But I want you to understand that everyone in this room, every time the thought comes in your mind to give up, to quit, to end it, that means the enemy believes that you are a high-value target. And if the enemy believes in you, that they're worried about you, that they're giving you those thoughts, if the enemy believes, how much more do we need to start believing? 
See, the enemy's not going to mess with you. They, they don't think you're doing anything. But the second that they get nervous, I got to take them out. Let me give them thoughts. I don't want them to have a sound mind. I want them to think about today's the day. That's it. See, the enemy values you as a high-value target. In February this year, I was going through some struggles. I called a good friend of mine, Manny, who's, who's a Marine here, and I told him what I was going through. But, you know, having that friendship there, having people there is important. But afterwards, I got excited. I started thinking, you know what? Something good's for me coming. Because the enemy's not going to mess with you if you're not doing anything. The thoughts of those problems, those situations, when it's attacking you, that means you're going to get somewhere. You're a high-value target. Amen? The enemy is afraid of you. He's trying to take you out. Everyone in this room has probably struggled with that once in their life. But now when that thought comes upon me, I get excited because I know <laughs> something good's coming, right? I don't worry about what's down the road. I forget about the past. Take my past, make it my preaching. The enemy will bring up your past. The enemy will say, you, you know when you, how can you do that? You remember when you did this and this? Thanks you for the grace of God. Right? Kanye West is professing Christ Jesus. And people are saying, oh, well, I know when he was using curse words and rap. God doesn't see that. Amen? He doesn't see that. The enemy will bring back the past. We plan for the future, forget about the past, live for today. And the Bible talks about they would have ankles, lights on their ankles, because it wasn't important about seeing so far in the future. It was important about the next step, right? Because that next step could be a hole. That next step could be a tramp. That next step could be a serpent. But they had ankle lights, and they could see the steps, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, right? You know, in the Bible, it talks about this. And I was reading, and I was saying, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then he says he made the first day, right? But when he made the first day, what is the thing that he shows me and shows the church is that he stopped the world to say, hey, this is good. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not on day seven yet. I didn't graduate my associate's degree, my bachelor's degree, my master's degree. I didn't finish school. I got one week out the way. God's saying, what? One step. Stops. He didn't wait for anybody to say he was doing a good job. So what does that say? Our God doesn't have a low self-esteem. He lifted himself up. If he lifts himself up, how much more should we lift our own self by speaking into our lives. You have the power of life and death in your tongue. Lift one each other up. Speak those words. I was not in my notes. I don't know why, but there's somebody here who had to hear that. Pastor David knows he was here in the first service. <laughs> Speak those things that be not as though they were. You know, one of the things I do, is I, 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 the Lord has really blessed me to be a, a motivational speaker. I travel around the country. I just got back from Chicago. I was in Arizona. And it's a blessing to speak to large, not only church people, but people, a human resource. And one of the things I teach is teach how to handle a bully. But in reality, the bully is the enemy. How do you handle the enemy? How do you handle that red person, the virus, the person yelling, cursing, uh, bring you down. The enemy, that's the enemy, right? You speak by speaking words of what? Positive. I do this with my son and daughter every day. And I, I would advise parents right here to do it with your kids. Matter of fact, let's do it today. Say, I'm a winner. I'm a champion. I'm a world changer. I am somebody. I'm smart. I'm intelligent. I'm bright. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above, not beneath. Those are words of encouragement for your life, for your children, for everything. I'm speaking at a conference, and some guy in the back row stands up and says, that doesn't work. A heckler. You imagine that? Yeah. And I said, sir, sir, don't sit down. Stand up. Stand up. Please, please stand, stand up. I asked him a simple question. Today's Sunday, so we'll just do by the Sunday. I said, sir, on Friday, did you eat breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or any snacks? He goes, I sure did. Saturday, did you have any meal at all? 
anything. He goes, yeah, I sure did. I said, this morning, did you wake up? Were you hungry? He goes, yes. I said, I guess what you did on Friday and Saturday didn't work. Right? <laughs> See, he said, it's daily. The Bible says renew your mind daily. Daily. Every single day, we got to speak into our lives. Every single day, we got to seek God. Every single day, we got to pray. Talking about prayer. So this is 2003. We were in our initial push to Baghdad, 54-day march up, and I was up for three days. I was exhausted. I was tired. I remember I have a video, and I'm recording my driver, and I say, hey, uh, you know, we're talking back and forth. I swing out this way. I said, there's a sign that says Baghdad. I don't know how many kilometers was on there. Sandstorm going by. And I turn back around and I start talking to my driver and he's asleep. Within 15 seconds, out cold. So in my vehicle, we used to do what's called fire watch. So I would do a couple hours, next guy, next guy. So we had three guys. So my watch... Understand, I'm a vehicle commander, and I don't have to do firewatch. I'm a staff sergeant in the Marine Corps. I tell people, you got firewatch. <laughs> but you know what? I said, no, no, it's not going to work here. I'm going to take, take the watch from 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. I'm going to do a four-hour watch. And then the next guy will wake up at 2, and he'll do the four-hour watch. It'll be morning. So I told the other two guys, go to sleep, get some rest. I had a disc man. I know many young kids don't know what that is, but it was a black thing like that. You put a CD in there and you play this thing. <laughs> You're laughing and then you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I had a cassette too, but anyway, that's another story. <laughs> so I started listening to a worship. As I'm worshiping God and I'm praying, as I'm praying, Time goes by very quickly. As I begin to worship, my alarm starts dee, 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 ringing. It's time to wake up the other guys. My turn to go to sleep. I'm exhausted. We've been going on the road. I'm sleeping inside a vehicle. Okay, that vehicle, Humvee, that's my living room, my dining room, my den, my TV room without a TV. Three other guys, not much personal space, very compact. You know, and as I go to wake them up, the Holy Spirit says, no, 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 no. Let them sleep. Let them sleep. And I was obedient listening to that Holy Spirit. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be obedient to that. And I started to worship the Lord. And as I started to worship the Lord, it was a transformation that I've never experienced in my life. As I opened up my mouth, it wasn't me worshiping, I actually heard angels. And as I heard those angels, I was like, oh. it, it, every time I opened my mouth, it, it, it made me more like, oh, like, like I, I got a new revelation. You know, like the holies of holies, right? Every time they see something, something, wow, you know, just like, it can't take you any higher. And as I started to worship, I was like, oh my, it was just, just it was blowing my mind. To hear the angels sing out of my voice. Next thing I know, it's daylight. Sun is coming up. Stayed up all night worshiping God. See, but when that, when you worship for God like that, it's not for your flesh man. It's your spirit man preparing you for the next level, for battle. What you're going to go through. That next morning, we got ambushed. Two snipers, oh, there was a sniper shot us. Lieutenant McPhillips that morning got shot in the head. First Sergeant Smith, he spoke a word that morning. I remember him at the meeting. He goes, if I die, my wife's going to be a rich woman. And he walked away. And I said, you know what? I should rebuke that because you're not going to die. When I hear people say that, they, they, they say unconsciously, oh, when I die, this is, you're, you're speaking curses into your life. You know, First, First Sergeant Smith, when he said that, he walked away. Several hours later, he was dead. He spoke those words into assistance. 
Sometimes I'm walking around and I'm talking to people and saying, well, when I, when I die, if I, I might die today. I, I immediately start rebuking. I rebuke that death. I confess life. I don't play with that no more. Because we have power, life and death and the power of our tongue. And prayer is the key thing. Teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. Seven of my other Marines got shot. They all lived by the grace of God. But I remember I'm, I'm, a, I, I'm, a, I'm a scout platoon, and I had a, hum, um, a Humvee, and I'm on top. Now, understand, the level of Humvee we had back then is not the ones that you see the armor thing that looks like a Brinks truck. It's basically, I'm out in the open. I'm, I'm feeling, and I remember I was, I, I um, hit my, my notch, and you could spin this thing all the way 360 degrees, any way you want. And as I'm spinning it, I go, click. Now, there's probably 360 dials that you can put in there. And I click it, and I'm there, and we're going through the war. And we're getting fires coming in. And you, you know a distinct, if you've never been shot at, which I hope no one ever does, but I don't wish war on my worst enemy. I'll tell you that right now. On the worst enemy, I don't wish war. But when you're getting shot at, it's a distinct sound. And I remember the next morning, after going through this ambush, two people dead, seven people are shot. I'm trying to have a missile guidance system, MGS, that guides a missile that I shoot. And I'm like, what's wrong? It's not working. It's not working. It, what's going on? I'm checking all my things. I'm checking my batteries, my cables, doing a, a complete system check. Why is this thing not working? I had no idea. For some reason or another, I turn and look, and there's three bullet holes right there. And I calculated those three bullet holes would have hit me right in the femur or femoral artery, which is the most, it could bleed out, and I would have been dead. But as I was spinning around, I decided to click right there. I didn't know that was a spot. God knew. Amen? Hallelujah. He protected me. Prayer. My mom's praying. She goes to a service. As a matter of fact, that prophet uh, spoke into your life. I don't know if you remember that. She spoke. She's praying. Uh, uh, Prophetess uh, Gordon. Marilyn Gordon. Gordon is there, and she's praying. And David is in the usher. And she goes. She looks around and says, "Who? Who's David? Who's David?" And she's praying for someone here. And David's standing. There, and then she ministers. And I remember this distinct. Says, "God has called you to be a preacher. He's going to anoint you." And he just. She, the Lord uses her to speak into his life. You remember that, right? That was a long, long time ago. Well, my mom is praying, and she's praying for me. She goes to church, and Prophetess Gordon is ministering, and she tells my mom, you're going to see your son. My mom's like, ha, he's in Iraq. <laughs> this lady has no idea what she's talking about. I'm not going to see my son. Well, we get into Baghdad, and we get into Baghdad, and there's a guy that has high blood pressure. And he asked me, he goes, hey, can you come over? I have my, we didn't have a medic. I actually took a medic bag, and I brought all the stuff, and I had my BP cuff, and I would, I would, every so often I would check the guys, you know, hey, I got a really bad headache. Let me check your blood pressure. If it's high, it might be, you know, experiencing something. So he asked me, will you come over to my vehicle and take my blood pressure? I said, sure, I'll be right over. Let me go get my... Medic bag. I go and get my bag. I come back. I'm taking his blood pressure. Everything's good. As I'm about to walk away, some guy says, hey, hold up, guys. The, the news is here. We're going to do a, uh, a video. We're going to say hello to you know Miami back home. Now, understand, I was not supposed to be in the picture. So my mom gets a phone call and says, hello, Miss Montez. Yes. Um, would you please channel, I don't know if it's channel 7 or 10, whatever. Um, we have a surprise for you on the news. Please watch the news. She had no idea. Now, she's praying for me. She hasn't, the, I forgot to mention this, our phones were not working. So I was not able to call home and say, hey, I'm alive. And this. Not like now. Now you go over, you can FaceTime, you can do all these things, and people see you every single day. At that time, there was no communication. The only communication is I would write a letter, it would take two to three weeks, 
She would write, family would write, it'll take two to three weeks. So whatever I wrote you in January, I didn't get a response till February. By the time I responded in February, I didn't get a response till March. So it's a 30-day turnaround. Here she looks at the TV, and what does she see? She sees her son on TV, and I'll say, hi, mom, I'm here in Iraq, in Baghdad, everything's good. <laughs> the power of prayer. See, the Bible says you, you have not because you ask not. Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. It's simple. How does it start? Opening your mouth. Saying that prayer. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. Let's look at this now. Hallelujah. It says, but when you pray, use not vain repetition. We talked about that, as the heathens do. They think they, they shall be heard for their much speaking, but not ye therefore like unto them, for fathers, the, your father knows what you need before you ask. And it says, in this manner or this order, therefore pray, our father, our father. He's, we know it as the Lord's prayer, right? They said the Lord's prayer. It should actually be called the disciples' prayer. Because we, what? Are disciples of Christ. He's teaching us an order. It says an order, but our manner, it's a structure. He's preparing you, setting you up what to do for prayer. That's all he's doing. The manner, the structure. Our Father. Think about that for a second. Everybody say, Our, our Father. One more time. Our, Our father. father. See, he didn't say my father because if, if he said my, that means it's just me. And there's a lot of Christians like that, right? Oh, it's, it's just about me. You know what I mean? We don't want Kanye West to receive Christ because, no, he can't. Only me. Christ is for everybody. It's for everybody. Well, you know how bad he was. We've all fallen short. All of us. It's only by the grace of God. See, but God doesn't see how many times we mess up. He sees how many times we get up. Right, we mentioned this morning, and, and anyone that has kids here will know, will know this. When my daughter was learning how to walk, when she got up on her feet, she would wobble like this, and she'd take one step, and she'd like almost, and I'm like, come on, Naya, come on. She'd take another step, and then boom, right fall on her butt. You're laughing because you probably had your child do the same thing. <laughs> at no time did I get angry at her. Not once. If anything, I got excited. I said, the fact that she got up, you know what that means? You can get up again. It doesn't matter how many times you fall down. What matters is how many times you get back up. You see, Jesus is not saying, ah! No, he's saying, come on. Come on, get up. Come on, get up. When you make that mistake, God is like, come on, he's your cheerleader. He said, come on, get up, get up, get back, get back. He's telling you, get back, get back, get back up. He loves you. He loves you. You've been through a lot. He's telling you, get up. He loves you. That's what he is. He's he's your biggest cheerleader. He's your daddy. Our father. He's my dad. He's your daddy. He's our father. Do you understand that? That means you're not a bastard child. You're not just this person just wandering in the wilderness. Nothing. You have authority because he is your father. And if he is your dad, he is your father. He's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. That makes you a prince. You know what the prince, the, the, the kids, kids, the king kids get? They get everything. You're blessed. You're highly favored. You're anointed. God is awesome. He's your daddy. That alone should set you free. 
Knowing who your dad, you know who my dad is? You know, when you walk into a place, you know, in the old days, oh, I'm VIP. Why? Oh, because you know who, who I know? <laughs> that's not being arrogant. That's just showing your rights. My daddy is the king of kings, the Lord of lords. I know who I am. And that's the thing, that the devil, the devil is the author of confusion. He will confuse you. He will confuse this nation. I don't know if I'm left, I'm right, I'm upside down. No, 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 no. God said I created what? Man and woman. He knows what he spoke into life, the breath of life. He knew exactly what he was talking about. The author of confusion is the enemy. The enemy. Hallelujah. Say it one more time. Our, Our Father. See, he didn't say my father, right? It's mine, it's mine, it's mine, right? See, he, he reached out and said, our. See, when you say the word our, immediately you've got to open your arms because it includes you, 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 you on this side, everybody on that side. It includes no matter if you're a Muslim, you're a Jew, you're a Gentile. It includes everybody. Our, you've got to immediately open your arms. You look at the horizontal line. But as a child of God, when you say Father, you have to look up. Daddy, our Father. In two words, two words, our Father, you have the cross. Where it all began. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, whosoever believed in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Our Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. He's teaching you a manner how to pray. And he's just at the, he's just writing the letter, right? Think about it. When you write a letter, who do you write it to? Oh, I'm going to write to my father, right? Our father. So at no time was it many people are seeking the hand of God. Oh, I need this. I need that. I need that. They go in the prayer. I need this. I need, I need, right? But God says, no, 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 let me show you the manner, the structure. The way we pray is we start out with who? Our Father. My daddy is, is your daddy. Amen? Daddy's got it all. We have not because we ask not. You know? He's got everything. We just got to speak those things to assistance. We got to ask. Knock. Seek. Right? Seek the uh, kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And then what? Everything shall be what? Added unto you. Everything. It didn't say some things, a little bit of things, not you, maybe him, maybe her. No, no, no. It says everything. Amen? That's good. That's good. I don't know about you. That's pretty good. Amen? Amen. Everything. Our Father. Everyone's looking for something supernatural. Everyone's seeking. Everybody wants a touch of God. In the world, they don't get it in the church. They're seeking. You know, one second they're seeking Cleo. Next second, Dion Warwick and the Psychic Friends. It's worth $26 million. But everyone, oh, that's okay. But if a pastor happens to pray for you and you're blessed and he writes a book or something, oh, it's an issue. Oh, he can't make any money. You know, God blesses. If he can bless, you know, People that write horror films and they make millions of dollars, why can't he bless a man of God or a woman of God who writes a book and changes this world? Amen? Amen? You can do it. You know? Our Father says, which art in heaven. Our Father. We, we talk about our Father. Which, you understand that he's above everything? He is... The head. He's, he, our Father, which art in heaven. If it's up in heaven, it covers everything. It doesn't matter what you're going through or what you have. It's, it's above you. It's, it, it's, you got cancer? My Father, he's in heaven. He's above all that problem. You got trials. You got tribulations. You got situations. My daddy, he's got it covered. Our Father, which art in heaven. Hallow it. Be that name. It says holy. There's a song, holy, holy Lord. 
Jesus, you are holy. Jesus, you are holy. High and lifted up, I worship and adore you. Holy. The name of the Lord is so holy. They were afraid to speak his name because out of fear of offending. But yet today, we got people that use the name in vain. They don't know who they're calling. They hit their foot and they go, boom, they go, GD, right? God damn, right? They say the word, right? You know, every time you call upon the name of Jesus, he's probably saying, what? How can I help you? Yes. You imagine if every time I bump my foot or anybody here, we say David, boom, David! Damn it! You know what I mean? David, damn! And David's right there. Yes, what's up? Every time something happens, we get cut off. David! <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, I'm right here. What do you want? You don't know what you're calling. I remember I was in the car when they were going to a funeral, and there's a Muslim guy, a Marine, and we get cut off, and he says, Jesus, and he uses cry, you know, and he goes, and I said, Hussein, I said, you're calling on the name of the Lord. I said, praise God. He goes, what? Don't tell my parents. Don't tell my parents. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> Everyone will call. But you have to understand that his name is holy. You don't use it for just anything. You use it when you want to talk to him. You use it in prayer, intercessory prayer. You use it to rebuke cancer. You use it to call upon life. Hallelujah, Lord. You know, I got, Manny's here is a good friend of mine. And some time ago, he had a heart attack, right? Like stents. Told me that when he was going in, he didn't know if he was going to come back out. That could have been it. That's it. But God said, no. There's more for you. There's more time. I'm not done with you yet. Not only not done with you, he's not done with anybody here. God has more for you. The enemy wants to take you out. But God says, no, 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 no. I got more for you. It's not yet. It's not time yet. It's like he told me, it's not time yet. You shall live. You shall not die. God has more. You know, in the Bible, in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Seek. He says, and turn from my wicked ways. He says, then you will hear from heaven, and I will forgive your sins, and I will heal your land. You know, when you think about prayer, something happened the other day that really bothered me about. There was a politician. This is what he said. I don't want your prayers, and I don't want your thoughts. Really? You know why? They don't know the power of prayer. They don't know the power of prayer. Because prayer changes things. Prayer prepares you to fight the enemy. Prayer prepares you through any life struggles that you're going through. Prayer Prayer was Jesus' one of his greatest tools. It was one of his greatest tools. And if it was one of his greatest tools, shouldn't it be yours too? Shouldn't it be yours too? Our Father, 
I was at an assembly and there was someone praying, and, it, and instead of saying, we pray our Father, you know, we're talking heaven, they, they say, well, we'll just pray to energy. Really? Oh, we'll pray to the stars, the universe. I want to let you know, you got to know who to address your prayer to, because you might be calling the wrong things. Instead of praying, I heard a pastor once say, instead of praying to the stars, pray to the person who created those stars. The person who created that. Amen? The energy. I, I put my head down and I said, I'll just laugh. I said, oh man, we got to pray. <laughs> Address your prayer. Know who you're praying to. If he is my father, then I am his son. Don't pray in your condition. But pray as your position. The position is we are children of God. The position is he is my daddy. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. I am his child. You're his child. Understanding who you are in Christ is half the battle. Our father which are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Do you see that as we, we conclude this message? I'm not even going to go on with the rest of the prayer, but do you understand right now we've only addressed the envelope? That's all we did. It was nothing about you. It was nothing about me. It was all about, about him. It was about him the entire time. And just that alone, by speaking those words, that alone will heal your body. That alone will take away your fear. Knowing who you are in Christ will take you to the next level. Knowing that he's your daddy, that he's by your side no matter what you do. You stumble, you trip, you fall. He's cheering you back on to get back up. Get back up. He's saying get back up. It's not worried that you fell. See, God doesn't hate the sinner. He hates the sin. He hates our sins, but he loves us. He loves you. He loves you, brother. He loves you. He cares for you. He died on the cross for you. He's waiting to hear from you today. You think he anticipates Every day, waiting to hear from you. Not that continuous repetition prayer, but he wants to hear from your heart. He wants to hear from your true heart. You know, I remember when I was praying, and I didn't have nothing else to say. I said, Lord, I have nothing else to say. But I just opened my mouth, and I started to speak in my heavenly language. See, when you speak in your heavenly language, you're no longer talking to man. You're talking directly to your daddy. Hallelujah, Lord. You're speaking mysteries. And you're calling things that be not as though they were. That prayer, fasting, setting time alone, your prayer closet. It says, pray without ceasing. That means every time, everywhere. It doesn't matter if you're in the middle of the pit of a whale like Jonah was. Ultimately, Jonah got spit out to Nineveh, the place he was supposed to go. He decided, I'm going this way, but God took him. And still, though he betrayed and went the wrong way, God still brought him to the right path. You may be running today, and God ain't giving up on you. Other people may have given up on you. Friends, family, enemies. <laughs> but God says, no, no, get back up. He says, get back up. Everybody stand up right now. Stand up and just say, God, thank you for not giving up on me. God, thank you. 
for loving me so much. No matter what I've been through, all the hurts, all the thoughts in my mind, negativity, nightmares, things that kept me up at night. You were there for me, Lord. You were waiting to hear from me. And I opened up my mouth. Lord, and teach me to pray. Let me seek your face. Thank you, Lord, for healing me, healing my heart, touching my mind, letting me know who I am in Christ, in the name of Jesus. Amen.